Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. We have to talk about hockey this time, don't we? I know, that was a lot more exciting like, you know, last week. <laughs> Before. And actually it was exciting uh, last week on Saturday. <laughs> but then what 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 the hell happened? Like seriously? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little of A, little B. I mean, they just, A, they completely got outplayed. Congratulations to Mankato. I mean, they, yeah. totally, they totally deserve it. 100%. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because you have, it, it's, it's, the team came out flatter than flat, and you can't do that against the team against Mankato. I mean, basically, everybody in their relatives all around the world knew that was going to happen. I mean, it was one of our five keys to the game in, in Sunday's final is you can't come out flat. Mankato just won their first ever NCAA tournament game. They're going to be coming out on fire. What happened? The Gophers came out flat and were down 2 nothing after the first period, and they're lucky it was only 2 nothing after the first period. Um, and, and they just, they, they looked slow. They were slow. They were ragged. They couldn't commit to pass. And then Mankato is one of those, those, uh, I mean, if they can make the system work good, but they're one of those trapping teams that the Gophers have had struggle at times against. And once they went up two goals, uh, they just tightened everything up and, and basically said, all right, Minnesota, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us playing our game. And, uh, they most definitely did not. Yeah, do you think the the fact that they had had to play the late game the night before had had an impact at all? So, it depends on who you ask. If you ask Bob Motzko, he says yes. Uh, he was irate, still irate, in his final wrap-up coaches show that, that Minnesota and North Dakota both got stuck playing the late game as, as the high seeds, and, and coincidentally, they both lost the second game. Now, admittedly, the Gophers didn't look like they deserved to be on the same sheet of ice as Mankato State, and North Dakota took UMD to five overtimes, which we'll discuss in a little bit. Um, but both both teams, both highly seeded teams that had to play the first game lost. Um, admittedly, both highly seeded teams that had to play the early game also lost. There are no number one seeds in the uh, NCAA Frozen Four this year. So uh, how much do you want to go? I mean... Like I said, Motsko is definitely complaining about it. Um, you know, the question, I guess, is is did he complain about it to his team and did his team feel like they were screwed and that's one of the reasons why they came out flat? Uh, it, it's it's tough to tell uh, because they definitely, I mean, you compare how they came out on Saturday, they were gangbusters, you know, going up 3 nothing quick on, on Omaha compared to how they came out on Sunday and they, they looked like the team that got swept at home by Wisconsin. They looked like the team that got swept at home by Notre Dame. Um, and that wasn't going to fly in the NCAA tournament against a team like Minnesota State, and and they promptly beat the, the beat the pants off of them and sent them home. So, um, you know, uh, it's time will tell. Um, you know, another another thing people will bring up is is the age difference. You know, one the first thing Bob Motzko said when he got hired is we need to get older, we need to get stronger. Um, you know, if you compare the the Minnesota State roster compared to the Gopher roster, Minnesota State. While they say the average age is only about a year difference, if you look at it, somebody broke it down by by birth year, and like Mankato has something like eight players that were born in in nineteen uh, nineteen ninety six, while the Gophers have one. 
you know. So they, they have a lot more older 96, 97 birth dates compared to the Gophers. And, and, you know, does that matter? No, but that's the type of team that the Gophers have struggled recently in playing. Uh, they, they've struggled against Minnesota State. I think Minnesota State now has won four straight games against Minnesota. The last time the Gophers won, I think, was, I want to say it's like 2017 or something like that. Um, you know, the, and then Botsko wants him to get older, wants him to get tougher. Uh, but he's going to have to find that sweet spot in his, in his roster lineup because Minnesota's never going to say no to the highly touted probably one or two had done players. I mean, this this is example being Brock Faber. Brock Faber is a, is a great player, um, but, I mean, best case scenario, you get him for one more season before he's off to the NHL. Uh, you know, they've got Chaz Lucius, who's coming in as a freshman next year, who's tearing it up for the uh, U.S. under-18 team. Um, he's he's the next potential to be one of those, you know, one-and-done type kids. Uh, he's got some incredible scoring ability. Um, he's been a recruit with the Gophers since he's 14. You know, he's been a long time coming. Um, he'll be a, probably a top 15 NHL draft pick this summer. Um, so, you know, you, you always are going to have to compete those with the guys you want to get who play three or four years out of junior and don't even enroll into the Utiler 21. So, um, it, it, it's, it's a tough line to hoe and, and that that's on Motsko to try and figure out that roster configuration. Cause you know, he's, he's had the team for three years now and, and this year obviously has been the most successful out of the three. Uh, but you're still ending a lot shorter of, of where you want to be. And so, um, you got to find a way to beat the teams like Minnesota State if you want to be able to uh, go ahead and try and play for national championships again. You know, looking at that, the most successful uh, season under his tenure, I mean, if you had to try to sum up how you felt about this year and how you felt coming, you know, looking forward and what you wanted to see looking forward, I guess, how would you kind of summarize it, summarize it all? Well, I mean, the first half of the year is a solid A. I mean, you start out, 10 and 0 and and really you know i mean before before the christmas break this this team was playing like the best team in the country um whether they had slip-ups because they just got mentally fatigued or whether teams figured it out it's tough to tell but obviously the the end didn't quite go as well as you want uh i mean they put a nice run together in the big 10 tournament you know it's a solid b plus um you know could have gone a lot better sure but it it you know, they, they took strides to improve from where they have the last couple of years. They've got a really great core. Um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how they lose. Uh, the, the transfer portal is now becoming a thing in hockey where it never was before. So in the last few days, you've had, uh, I think, four or five Gophers put their names in the transfer portal, uh, many of whom aren't really, you know, Sam Rossini, defenseman, went in went in tonight. He's only played five games this year. He was basically the Gophers' eighth defenseman on the roster, no big loss. Um, you had a couple of seniors who, whether they decided to move on or whether or whether Motsko basically said, hey, we like you guys, but, you know, we've got a ton of freshmen coming in next year. We just don't have room for you. Uh, Brandon McManus and Cullen Munson are both in the transfer portal. Um, McManus probably the biggest name out of them so far. Um, you got Noah Webster, who is, he would have been a sophomore this year. He hasn't played a game yet for the Gophers because he's been just ravaged by injuries. Um, and then the most intriguing name, probably, if you're a Minnesota fan, was uh, Jared Moe, the Gophers' backup goaltender, decided to enter the transfer portal the other day. Um, now, 
it sort of leaked out that he and Matsko never really got along. He was a, he was one of Lucia's last recruits, and and so uh, whatever friction you know you saw, he really didn't get much playing time at all this year. The, pretty much Jack Lafontaine took over and ran the thing, so it, it's not surprising he's looking for a fresh start. Uh, the question is going to be is is now that you're seeing some of the seniors go into the portal, is uh, what does that mean for the Gophers' goaltending future? Um, Jack LaFontaine, we're basically waiting for an answer from him. Uh, there, there might've been some hope that if Mo was going in the portal, um, that you might think that maybe LaFontaine has decided, you know what, instead of, instead of turning pro, I'm going to come back for one more year. Uh, the Gophers would love to see that for sure, but I don't think we have a, an answer on that yet. Um, you know, it would be an interesting decision for him because he's a, a Carolina Hurricanes draft pick and the Hurricanes don't have any goaltenders under contract for next season. So he would have a legitimate chance of turning pro and competing for an NHL goaltender spot next year. Now, does he have that skill, or is he more destined for an AHL? That's that's a question. I don't really know. Um, but the fact of the matter is, if you lose Mo to transfer and you lose LaFontaine to the pros, right now the Gophers have one goaltender left on the roster, and that's Justin Close, who I think has played a period of extra special mop-up duty in his career. That's a problem. Um, one thing that we did see come out, the Gophers did get a uh, get a commit. Uh, Brennan Boynton is a goaltender, went uh, originally out of Champlin Park, uh, is now playing for Fargo in the USHL. He's probably the top goaltender in the USHL uh, this season uh, in his third-year junior, so he'll come in next year as a freshman. Um, so the question is, is, is he just, you know, did Jared Moe know about this? And that's one of the reasons why Moe went. Was this a, all right, Moe left, and all of a sudden we need to hurry up and panic and, and get a goaltender in, and so the offer went out. Um, you know, nobody really knows quite yet, but either way, uh, Boynton will be, a, will be a freshman goaltender for the U next year, and hopefully he'll pair with Jack LaFontaine. If not, uh, Motsko is definitely going to have to go out and, and raid the transfer portal and see if he can bring a goaltender in. Um, one interesting name that popped up this year as a, as a senior grad transfer is uh, Notre Dame goalie Dylan St. Sir. Uh, he's had a pretty good couple of years, and you know he'd he'd fit in for one season with the Gophers, splitting time with Boynton before Boynton becomes the number one guy potentially. So, uh, definitely be something to watch over here in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, offensively, the the next bigger question is is Sampo Ranta. Ranta finished a great season. Uh, he's a Colorado Avalanche uh, draft pick. Uh, there's been some definite discussions that the Avalanche might want to sign him here in the offseason. Nothing's come out yet. We may not hear either way, but um, Ranta would be probably the only major offensive departure that wasn't wasn't a senior. I mean, I think you'll lose Scott Reedy. Scott Reedy's going to head pro, go turn try and turn pro. Uh, McManus, obviously, is in the transfer portal, things like that. But as far as you would think, you're going to have the rest of the Sammy Walker, Blake McLaughlin, uh, ben Meyer, you know, group back. So uh, add in, add in like we talked earlier about um, Lucius and uh, Matthew Knees is another top uh, prospect coming in. Uh, probably will be taken in the first two rounds of the uh, NHL draft next season, also playing in the USHL this year. And, and the Gophers will bring in some firepower. Now it's just a matter of uh, mixing, matching the lineup. And But legitimately, they should be uh, they should be sitting right at the top of the, of the Big Ten again next year and ready to make another run into the NCAA tournament. Well, you mentioned it earlier, the North Dakota uh, UMD uh, five-overtime thriller 
<laughs> that got done for me at like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> and thankfully uh, ended with a, a Minnesota Duluth win. Uh, it's not like I have a lot of love for the Bulldogs, but I love them a hell of a lot more than I like UND. Uh, and so, you know, that was, I think, a you know, the best non-Minnesota thing to happen uh, this past weekend for sure. Did it end up being the second longest NCAA game of all time? Uh, I believe third longest in total. Ended up being the longest NCAA tournament game of all time, but I believe the third longest NCAA game in history. Uh, there were a couple of a Hockey East playoff games that went a little bit longer in, into five overtimes. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy game. I mean, when you think that they legitimately played, and these are, these are full 20-minute overtimes, so they played a full game, and then they played another full game, and then they played another period in five minutes. Uh, I mean, to, 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 do you have a best example? The Gopher Omaha game started just as the first period of overtime was starting. And the Gopher Omaha game was over 45 minutes before the end of North Dakota and UMD. Yeah. I remember we were like figuring out where they were placing the Minnesota game, on the on the TV channels, and then we were all like, "Okay, so it's going to flip over to ESPN 2 when this Duluth North Dakota game is done." Nope. Yeah, I, it never did. And, and, nope. You know. But yeah, I mean, it. Uh, you know, you look at the Frozen Four. Uh, three out of four Minnesota teams uh, made it. Minnesota State uh, making their first ever Frozen Four. UMD looking to make it three NCAA championships in a row, and then St. Cloud State. Uh, getting back to the Frozen Four, I think, for the first time since 2015, if I'm correct. Um, and then UMass is, is the token non-Minnesota team. So, um, you know, UMass has, has got a, a potent team. Uh, their their goalie is a, is a wild draft pick. Um, they've got some, some pretty good scoring power there. Um, you know, UMD, is, uh, is they know how to play in the postseason. You know, they're, they're battle-tested, and, and they've, been, they've been great. Um you know Minnesota State and St. Cloud, I think probably legitimately are the uh, are the dark horses, but they have to. One of those two teams will be playing for a national title against the winner of UMD uh, UMass. So, um, you know, either way, it'll be it'll be good if you're a Minnesota hockey fan in general. Um, you know, I think uh, Gopher fans are a little bit fed up with the UMD fans because they think they're. Uh, they're the new top dog, and I mean, frankly, you can't you can't argue with it. They've won two titles in a row. If they can make it three titles in a row, it's it's pretty impressive. So, yeah, that's 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 new dynasty level time. Um, but yeah, so you know, I think you know, uh, if you if you ask you know impartial Gopher fans, I think they'd much prefer uh, Mankato or even St. Cloud wins it over UMD. But I'm sure there's plenty that will be rooting for UMass just because they they can't stand to see another state of Minnesota team other than the Gophers win the title. So. Um, you know, we'll, I can't. I'm not super stoked by you know a former uh, WCHA opponent winning it, but if I had to go, I'd go with Minnesota State. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much that's where I am leaning to. I mean, they it it they finally broke their I mean they broke the streak. They had been to the NCAA tournament six years before this year and never won a game. Um, obviously they finally broke through and won their first two. Uh, Mike Hastings, for all accounts, is a really, really good guy, former Gopher assistant for a couple years as well. Uh, he's, he's good friends with Bob Motzko. Um, you know, they 
play an annoying style of hockey that is, can be boring at times, and they like to bring in the older guys. As I said, they've got, you know, several 22, 23, 24-year-old guys on the roster. Um, but they've found, a, they've found a way to make it work, and, you know, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all, all breaks down. But, uh, yeah, those games will, will kick off uh, next week, next Thursday in yep. uh, Pittsburgh. So. Thursday the 8th for the Frozen Four side of it, and then Saturday the 10th for the championship uh, if you're looking for your um, TV guide right now. Um, well, we do have some good Minnesota Gophers news. Um, Gable Stevenson, of course, we, uh, we've already talked about his national title, uh, but he was also named the Hodge Award winner. It was a co-win um, with, uh, what's his face from Iowa who I don't like? Uh, Spencer Lee. Yeah, Spencer Lee. Um, they, they shared the award, which, yeah, I mean, give it to Gable. Come on now. But, I mean, if there was going to be a, a guy to share it with, Spencer Lee is certainly a, a worthy uh, co-winner. Um, and uh, Gable also has the opportunity, in addition to having picked up more hardware, to continue to add to that run by uh making him making a spot for himself on the olympic team potentially this weekend is that correct yeah you know uh as going back to the hodge trophy uh you know gable stevenson spencer lee they're actually surprisingly the good buddies i mean uh gable stevenson says he's, he's sort of in awe at what lee has done lee is is one of the lighter wrestlers 125 pounds but i think he's he's now won back-to-back national titles he's he's ridiculously good yeah, um, he is but but Gable, yeah, he will uh, he will be competing this weekend at the uh, U.S. Olympic Trials in Fort Worth. Um, you know, at the, the he'll be competing in the freestyle 125 kilogram uh, division. Uh, the U.S. only gets to advance one wrestler per division to the Olympic Games. So there are nine nine wrestlers who are competing in in the uh, trials this weekend. Gable is the number two seed um, behind only Nick Guaz. I'm going to slaughter his name. Guayadowski, I think, uh, wrestled at North Carolina State, uh, NCAA heavyweight champion in 15 and 16. Um, he's been on the U.S. Olympic team since then. He won uh, bronze at the World Championships, I think, in 2017 or 2018. Um, so he, he's a formidable foe. Uh, obviously, he's the number one seed. Gable's the number two. Uh, basically, the way the trials will work is uh, they're, they're sort of challenge tournaments. So uh, I would assume that uh, basically it'll be it'll be in brackets like you would see the NCAA tournament. I'm assuming the nine and there's nine wrestlers, so the nine and eight will probably face off, and then it'll be eight versus one, two versus seven, etc. Until you get to the championship series, which will take place Saturday night, and it's uh, best two out of three. Uh, between the top two wrestlers for a chance to, to make the Olympic team. Um, you know, a couple other familiar names. Uh, uh, Mason Paris, who, who Gable Stevenson beat both in the Big Ten Championship and the National Championship match. He's the number third, three-ranked heavyweight. Um, uh, Daniel Kirk-Levitt, who is the brother of Penn State's Greg Kirk-Levitt, who Gable beat in, in both the Penn State uh, the Big Ten and National Championship. He's, he's the sixth-ranked. Uh, he's from Invergrove Heights, so another Minnesota kid. Um, so you know, it, it's it's most guys that that, that Gable has beaten. Um, you know, I think the hope would be that he he does what he needs to do, and we get to see him face off against 
Guayadowski, uh, best two out of three Saturday night live on ESPN, uh, not ESPN, sorry, uh, NBCSN, uh, for a chance to, to qualify and, and head to Tokyo here in a couple of months. So, um, yeah. And the, and the good news also is, is that even if he, uh, earns himself that spot and goes and tries to win himself a medal in Tokyo, he's announced, uh, that he's coming back for another year well, at Minnesota. Not, not, not necessarily. No, that's he, not official. He, 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 that was, that was, uh, that was thought, but he then put out a tweet earlier, sort of backtracking that basically saying, well, we're just going to see what happens. I haven't had time to think about it. And, <sighs> and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Gable's always the showman. So, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't think you'll actually get a straight answer out of him until, especially after this weekend. Um, if he, if he doesn't make the Olympic team, then I think, you know, we'll have a little bit more. If he does make the Olympic team, then, then you won't hear anything until, till after the Olympics in August. And but, rightfully so, cause he'll be focused on that. And then also how he does could determine what kind of money gets thrown at him from Vince McMahon too. So hundred percent. So, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think that the betting favorite is that Gable will be back for his senior year next year at the U and then head off to the WWE. But, um, I think a lot probably depends on on what happens this weekend and and potentially in in tokyo if he can uh if he can advance through this weekend so it'll be uh be something to watch and and you know another thing to to pay attention to and you know he'll join probably if he does make it uh you know i think there'll probably be um well there'll be several athletes with minnesota ties i would assume they'll be heading to the olympics uh obviously sarah bacon the the uh, gopher female diver, I think, is is one of the U.S. favorites to qualify in the in the U.S. diving trials, um, you know. And we'll definitely pay a lot more attention to that as as the other trials come up here over the next couple of months, and especially as we get closer to the Olympics. And we'll make sure we have uh, you know lots of previews for that of any potential uh, gopher athlete connections as we get there. Another uh, uh, extra bit of hardware taken home this week, uh, Max McHugh. Uh, in addition, of course, to winning his uh, NCAA title, uh, took home Big Ten Swimmer of the Year. Yeah, that'd be, so that's of note. And that would be two NCAA titles. I apologize. I shorted the you, man. You shorted uh, the man. Yeah, no, Max McHugh, uh, 100 and 200 breaststroke NCAA championships over the last weekend. Um, he, he finished uh, second in the event uh, two years ago before it was canceled last year. Uh, but yeah, no, he's, uh, and he's only a junior, so he's got a chance to come back and defend those titles next year. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, the Gophers, uh, between, between McHugh on the men's side and Bacon on the women's side have definitely got some, uh, some great individual swimmers. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, one interesting thing about McHugh, the, the Gopher, uh, medley relay team didn't make the NCAA tournament so he couldn't do it but at the big 10 uh tournament championships he actually swam the fastest 50 breaststroke split in history in history he, he swam the the 50 breaststroke in something like 22 something seconds ridiculously Wait, fast like ncaa history or all time everywhere uh i'm pretty sure like all time everywhere the fastest split you know, in a, in a, Jesus. yeah, which it sounded ridiculous. Um, so, you know, he, like I said, he'll be, he'll Good be, on him. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'll potentially 
uh, get an invite to the to the swimming trials uh, in Omaha here in a month. I, I, I guess I can't guarantee it, but one would think as the NCAA champion, he'll he'll be at least showing up to the uh, to the trials. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. I, I can't say I'm an expert on the state of USA swimming at the moment. Um, <laughs> but you know, at least that'll be another another gopher that probably will be fighting for a potential chance to try and, and make it to, to Tokyo later this summer. All right, well, I guess the final question I have is we haven't really talked about volleyball in a while. They had their, their COVID issues. Uh, they lost to Wisconsin in the one uh, match they were able to do against the number one ranked Badgers. Uh, where, where are we at with volleyball right now? Yeah, we're almost at the end of the regular season. Uh, they had a series at Northwestern last week, uh, picked up easy 3-0 and 3-1 wins. Um, you know, I think they're still trying to adapt to the uh, to their current roster. Uh, Melanie Shaftmaster and CC McGraw, two of their major starters, uh, were out uh, for that Wisconsin uh, match. Um, you know, both dealing with with injuries. Uh, Shaftmaster returned against Northwestern last week, but McGraw is still out with a knee injury. Um, so my guess is you're not going to see her back till probably the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Gophers finished the regular season this weekend hosting Iowa at the PAV. Um, and then I think, I want to say, I think Selection Sunday is Sunday. Um, the Gophers still are the, are the number four team in the country, so it's not, a, it's not an if, it's a, it's a what seed they'll get for, for the NCAA tournament. Um, and and there will be no home hosting. I think it's all happening uh, in Omaha this year. All uh, and remember that the all the spring tournaments have been sort of slighted by a quarter. So normally it's a sixty four team field. This year it'll only be a forty eight team field. Um, but the Gophers still ranked number four in the country this year. Um, one would imagine they have a, a good chance to to get a top seed. Um, they obviously won't have any, any home court advantage for the first few matches or whatever, but, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be right up there competing with the, the Wisconsin's and, the and the Texas's and, and things like that, hopefully to, uh, make another, uh, final four and, uh, make another run. All right. Well, that's, uh, well, that feels like about it for this week. I wish we had more exciting for hockey. I was, I was really, I'm bummed. I was really, um, I was looking forward to a, a another Frozen Four. I mean, I didn't think it was predestined or anything, and Mankato certainly earned their spot. But I was I was looking forward to it. I'm I'm more than a little disappointed we won't have more hockey oh. next week. A couple more things just to mention, real quick. Uh, quick teaser that uh, the uh, the Gopher Women's Gymnastics Team is competing in the NCAA Regionals this weekend down in Athens, Georgia. Um, so that'll be going on. Um, hopefully making as a team to the national finals in two weeks, but Lexi Rammler should be wrapping up her spot to at least make it to the national finals in, in the all-around and several individual events. The Gophers probably have a couple other, uh, Ona Loper and, and potentially Maya Hooten trying to make, uh, you know, individual spots at the nationals if the team doesn't get there too either way. Um, and then, of course, taking it back to hockey, uh, the Minnesota State High School Hockey Tournament going on this weekend. Um uh, we had the first uh, impressive performance by a Gopher recruit, Brody Lamb, uh, plays for Dodge County, Southern Minnesota. Uh, they beat Hermantown in the Class A quarterfinals last night, uh, seven to three. Or should we say, Brody Lamb beat Hermantown six to three as he scored six goals. Wait, what? Yes, six goals. Now, now the caveat that this was not a full Hermantown team. Hermantown was playing with the state's leading cor- uh, scorer, Zan Plant, who's going to UMD. 
they just keep that Hermantown pipeline going. Uh, two other varsity players, and then 11 JV players, uh, because the rest of the Hermantown team was in quarantine due to COVID exposure. <laughs> so, so yes, he scored six goals in the state tournament, and it was against one really great player and a bunch of JV players. So would it have happened if they were playing the full Hermantown team? No. Uh, but still, he's one goal off the all-time state tournament record held by Gopher legend John Mayasich, who scored seven back in the 1951 tournament while playing for Evelyn. So uh, it's still an impressive performance, and... Uh, you know, he still has a chance. He still has a chance to etch his name in the books. He'll, he'll forever, he'll forever be on that that list of state tournament dandies like the Dave Spihars of the world and, and things like that. So, uh, it's an impressive record. He'll he won't be at the U for a couple of years. I think he's a, he's a junior this year, and I'm sure he'll play at least one year juniors. Um, so you know, expect to see Brody Lamb uh, wearing the maroon and gold here probably in 2022 or 2023. But um, it, it's still a good performance. Um, you know, Eden Prairie just won their uh, their quarterfinal against St. Thomas Canopy earlier this evening. Uh, Luke Middlestat, Casey Middlestat's brother, senior defenseman, uh, and John Middlestat as well, uh, another one of the Middlestat brothers, both uh, headed to the U here in a year or two, uh, are on that Eden Prairie team. So uh, the Gophers will have uh, at least three representatives on, on semifinal Friday uh, playing. So uh, if you get a chance, check it out and, and see uh, see some names that you'll see. Uh, gracing the maroon and gold here in a couple of years. Awesome. Well, there you go. That's your that's your exciting more hockey to come uh, as you get yourself over this past weekend's disappointment. Um, obviously, more to come. Keep your eye on the block for any uh, new news that we have. Uh, and in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Oh,